Warning! This episode contains foul language, extremely graphic content, and a couple really gross burps. Listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week, we sit down with one of our friends and we talk about something weird. This week is our first Hometown Haunts episode, and we're going to be talking all about Michigan, the most infamously haunted locations, notorious serial killers, and even some local monsters. My name is Lauren, and this is my lovely co-host, Ashley. Hi, weirdos. Hi. Hey, hi, hey. And today, we are joined by former Michigan resident, Mike Johnston. Mike Johnston, everybody. Hello, weirdos. Uh, I'm from Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, hey, remember <laughs> Michigan. Michigan, England. <laughs> you haven't heard of Michigan, Hello. England? Hello. <laughs> no, that's like literally how we talk there. Oh, I never knew. Yeah, you guys should come visit sometime. I have okay. never been, actually. I've never been been to Michigan. Oh, well, it is a lovely place surrounded by Great Lakes. Literal Great Lakes. Literal Great Lakes. How what it was it like? What's Michigan like? Um, Michigan is a great place, I would say, for families. Like you can there's a lot of like the same house one after the other. They're <laughs> affordable. They're it's a very in my opinion People might not like this, but I think it's like a very good place for a middle class situation. Yeah. If that makes sense. That makes sense. Where are you from in Michigan? I'm from the suburbs of Detroit. Oh, okay. Detroit. A little dangerous. Just a little dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's why, you know, I always say that and people are like, oh, what up? Eight mile Eminem, blah, blah, blah. And like, although my mom like occasionally like had the same friends as him, that's not where I was from or grew up. Uh I grew up in a very wonderful town of Sterling Heights. Good old Sterling, Sterling Heights. Heights. <laughs> that sounds lovely. It was special. <laughs> did you like growing up in Michigan? I mean, did you enjoy yourself? Um, I am very thankful for my experience in Michigan um, in a lot of ways, but I do think that you're in kind of, depending on where you live in Michigan, you're in a little bubble. You're yeah, not necessarily sure. surrounded. We're from Southern Illinois. Right. We know. We understand. Right. You got you Midwesterners understand. It's not. It's not this like. You're not interacting with a bunch of people who are in a different like socioeconomic status than you mm-hmm. are. A ton of people from different cultures. You're kind of yeah. just around people similar to you. Sure. Right. And I think that having lived in Los Angeles and New York, I see the benefits of being in a place that's more diverse. Sure. Now as an adult, then like, but as a kid, it's great. It's fun. It's safe. Yeah. Minus the serial killings we're going to talk about <laughs> today. <laughs> and, but, and the monsters and the haunting. Right. Um, when did you leave Michigan? Like, when did you, did you move to LA first or New York? LA. You I moved to LA. I moved to LA. LA right after high school. I was working out here. Um, so I've actually, I actually feel like I know so much more about 
the world outside of Michigan more so than I do <laughs> Michigan, even though Michigan. I grew up there. But I left so quick. I mean, you start driving at 16. I left at 19. Right. So, like, I can navigate my way around New York and California so much better than I can Michigan. Like, right. my family will be like, oh, this thing there. And I'm like, is that in Michigan or are we going to Ohio? I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah. Um, Well, we're happy that you came to Los Angeles because we got to meet you. Yeah. Mike's an old friend of both of ours. Mm -hmm. I've known you like eight years. You've probably known him like seven, seven, Yeah. yeah, six or seven. So we're so thankful you're here. Well, I'm happy to be here on the Keep It Weird podcast representing... The Mitten State. That Mitten, Mitten State. Well, Mitten. America's high five state. <laughs> I always, I heard that once and always say it. I have no idea if that's ever been a saying. I never heard it living in Michigan, but someone else said it to me, so I like it. I like um, it because it is a Is Mitten. Michigan the one where you put up a hand and you point to the hand? Yeah. My that least is? my okay. least favorite experience because people will always do that. And they're like, where are you from on the Mitten? Is it this way or that way? And I'm like... I, I, mean, I don't know. I don't like, I want you to sit down. Whatever you tell me, I'll believe. <laughs> <laughs> I will agree. <laughs> um, so we decided to do a series of episodes called Hometown Haunts. So people can come on who are from specific states or cities or whatever, and we could talk all about the weird stuff going on in that state. Do you guys remember the, I mean, th- th- there's still a thing. Like, Weird California, Weird Illinois, Weird Michigan, those books. Did you ever see those? No. Oh, uh. man. They're a treat. So, basically... <laughs> it just tells you the weird things of your state. Yeah. So, it's... uh, There's one, the big ones, like, Weird U.S., and it's, like, all the weird attractions, hauntings, monsters, whatever, all across the United States, but there's one for each individual state, and it tells you everything. It tells you everything from, like, uh, cryptozoology, hauntings... Uh, local legends, like, so, for example, um, in the Illinois one, which I've read front to back, is, like, uh, you know, the tallest man who, like, in history, like, the record tallest man, the one that there's a wax statue yeah. of in Hollywood, he was from Illinois. So, uh. like, that's in there. But there's also, um, what's it? It's on, the, is it in Peoria? No, maybe not. With the cars on the steeple, on the, like... No. The roadside attraction? If it is, I'm a terrible Peoria native because mm. I Oh, no, it's know. in Aurora. Okay, which is very close. Yes. So, that makes so sense. It's, like a, it's like a steeple and there's all these like cars on the steeple. It's just yeah. like a roadside weird statue. Like stuff like that's in there where it's like. <laughs> well done, Illinois, okay. for having the uh, And then there's like statue. Thunderbirds and like all right. kinds of stuff. Anyway, so um, that's what kind of made me think about like, wouldn't it be cool to have an episode where we just take like one state. And then we just talk about yeah. all the weird shit in the state. And it'll um, be perfect depending on the guests we have on because they might be from that place and yeah. might have some fun knowledge to For share. sure. But before we get started, I just got back from Salem, Massachusetts. Woo! What a treat. Holy shit. <laughs> Tell us more. It is the best place I've ever been. Like... Halloween Town was my happiest place on earth, and Disneyland was like right after it. And now Salem has overtaken first place. It's number one. <gasps> number really? one happiest place on earth. Well, when it's I a need witchy to, like, town, and she's a witchy yeah. woman. I mean, but Disneyland. I know. I know. That is a big statement. I madam. know. Here's my thing Disneyland would be my happiest place on earth if I was the only one there. 
That's fair. Those I crowds are those unreal. Crowds. And they just keep getting worse and worse every yeah. year. Like my past just expired and I'm kind of okay with it because I was being driven You mad. can't even go like in the off season. No. It's like the last time uh, Joe and I went, we went in March and it was like just so packed. horrible. Yeah. So Every you hear month. that, Disneyland? Apparently you're too affordable. Yeah, you're too no. affordable. Raise your yeah. prices so we can kick out the people that can now afford you. Get those bottom feeders out of here. Kick out the trash. Kick out the trash. Yeah, right. Those tickets are insane. Yeah, I know. I know. It's um, so expensive. It's absurd. Which okay. is actually kind of crazy that tickets are so expensive, yet there are so and many people. So many no. people are How is there. everyone doing it? They make it affordable with those payment plans, though. Shoot. Uh, shoot. But anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Um, yes, so I only have to spend, like, a day and a half there, but it was wonderful. I got to see all the, like, uh, you know, I got to go to, like, Gallows Hill, and I got to go to the cemetery where all the the, uh, monuments are set up for the men and women who were hung and pressed to death during the Salem Witch Trials, which was really, it was beautiful, and it was great. Uh, It kind of sucks, because then, like, you're in this, like, gorgeous old cemetery where, like, I mean, some of the graves in the cemetery are older than, like, the country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. were, like, they were graves from, like, the 1600s. And, like, it's gorgeous. But then you, like, you look across the street and there's this, like, kitschy, like, haunted house sign. And it's just sad. Anyways. Um, yeah. So it was beautiful. I got to go in all the little witchy shops. But I had some kind of creepy things happen to me there. Tell us. Um, so wait before we get into the story yes i just i am probably just silly and don't know anything but what does pressed mean like they were hung and pressed pressed to death that's when you are literally laid down and they put heavy stones on your body and they stack them up until you die you're crushed until you're crushed to death. And actually, a, way to go. a yes, really nice way. There was a man. Ooh, I wonder if I have the picture still. I'll try and look it up. But there was a man. Uh, I want to say only one of them was pressed to death during the Salem witch trials. But notoriously, his last words, uh, they were about to put the final stone on him. And they were like, this one's, at, this one's it. This one's going to kill you. Uh, and they asked if he had any last words. And supposedly he said, more weight. Oh. Ooh. Shoot. You tell him. You tell him, <laughs> sir. Um, yeah, so that's a horrible way to die. That's Probably, the most um, awful way to die. I can't believe that you, like, can communicate until the last stone. I know. Right. Like, Thank that you seems that. weird <laughs> to me. <laughs> His name was Giles Corey. He was pressed to death September 19th, 1692. There's his little stone, his monument. Ooh. That's terrifying. Yeah, yeah. that is scary. Um, Just thinking about being crushed to death yeah is the most awful thing i can think of i I mean being hung as well but being crushed to death is just like at least hopefully when at least when you're hung you can hope for like a neck break or something you know what i mean break right away and it's instant dead uh but being pressed to death is like no you're gonna suffer for a very long time i wonder how long it takes i just cannot imagine someone being like sir this last stone is gonna be the one and you being like more weight like that just seems crazy to yeah me. i know i can't really wrap my head around that so we stayed in an airbnb mm-hmm. which had some very strange things happening in it uh it was this like two-story beautiful old house our host was kind of kind of a weirdo Ooh, in a good way a, or no, a bad way like okay so here's the thing i just have to tell the story because it's so ridiculous so 
She started texting us about 48 hours before we got there. And she was like, "What? when are you going to get here? And we were like, we're going to get there between 3.30 and 4 p.m. on Sunday. And she was like, okay, great. And she continued to text us like every six hours for about 48 hours. It's like, just wondering like if you have an ETA. And every time we were like between 3.30 and 4 p.m. Right. And then when we were on our way, we were like, just want to let you know we're on schedule. We're going to get there around 3.45, 3.45 to 4, but definitely before 4. And she was like, that's great. See you soon. So we get there at like 3.50 p.m. And we pull up and we text her. We call her and we're like, we're outside. And she's like, okay, great. Um, Give me one second. And we're like, okay. We stood outside for like 10 minutes waiting for her to come. And it's like, you have texted us every <laughs> six hours. Yeah. You should have been what ready. what ETA was. Right. And then we get there. She's like, sorry, I was in the bathroom. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? should have been waiting at the door if you Anyways, were that curious. Yeah. And so we even told her, like, we're staying, we're here to visit friends. They live here. Like, they're taking us around. So, like, because uh, she was like, I, I can give you recommendations. We're like, oh, we're just here we're to good. visit friends. Blah, blah, blah. So then we had 15 minutes to change our clothes and leave. To get to, like, our friend's house because we were on, like, a booze cruise. Mm-hmm. And she came into our room and sat down with a map of Salem and was like, you should try this place and you should try this place. I know that you said you're staying with friends and they probably have an itinerary, but you should try this place. And I even oh, said to Joe at one point, I was like, hey, babe, we have 10 minutes and we got to get out of here. She was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> well, you can also <laughs> oyster. And it was like, <sighs> Listen, woman. So she is special. Um, And then also, first of all, anyone who ever uh, rents an Airbnb, when they say you have a shared bathroom, don't assume that they mean sharing with the owner of the house. Because they could mean sharing with the owner of the house and two other couples staying in the fucking house. Really? We share the bathroom. It was seven people sharing one bathroom while we were there. There That's were times. Horrible. There was one time I woke up and Joe was pacing, and I was like, "What are you doing?" He was like, uh, "Waiting to fucking pee. I'm about to pee my pants. I don't know what to do because someone was in the bathroom." Oh no! Anyways, kind of a nightmare, but beautiful old home and a little creepy. So we were there. It was within the first ten minutes we were there. I was in the bathroom. I had just changed into my dress, and I was like brushing my hair a little bit before we left and I hear like boom 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 like up to the bathroom door and I literally Joe was in there with me and I heard footsteps come and stand outside the bathroom so I looked to the door thinking that uh her name was Deborah thinking that Deborah would be like hi more you should try the witch's cauldron (laughs) and so I looked to the bathroom door and it slowly creaks open and no one is there shut and I was like I just looked at Joe and he was like it's an old house like probably someone opened it I was like you didn't hear the footsteps did he not hear the footsteps he didn't hear the footsteps that led up to the door I mean it it was so clear that I looked to the door expecting her to be there and be like hey Try this oyster place. Oh, my God. Um, and no one was there. So that was weird. And then um, the final night we were there, it was the morning, actually. It was like 8 a.m. or something. We had to be up at like 9. It was like 8 a.m. And this whale. I mean, I don't... It didn't even sound humid. It... it Humid. Human. It <laughs> sounded like a cross between like a human wailing and like a really creaky door opening. But it was enough, like, my first alarm had gone off, so I, like, had snoozed it, but I was laying there with my eyes closed, and I heard this, like, ah! 
have like come from what sounded like right next to my head and joe even stirred like i felt his body go like rigid like what the fuck but then like go like limp again so i think he just like fell back asleep Uh and i even asked him about it like 20 minutes later when he woke up and he was like i didn't i don't remember but it was very strange and it it felt like it was in the room with you you would say like oh my gosh um but it was beautiful it was a really it was a really cute little Airbnb with a strange host and possibly a ghost. I yeah, don't know. Maybe. I mean, if it was an old building, anything could go. I know. It was See, old as hell. I love that you're like, it was such a beautiful house, blah, blah, All the things you've said about this trip, I would have been like, we're leaving early, gotta go, and I'll see you later. Thanks. I've yeah. booked a hotel. Well, luckily, like, luckily, the Airbnb, we literally were only there to sleep. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we went, checked in, we changed our clothes, we left, we didn't come back till like, 11.30 p.m., went right to sleep because we were exhausted, got up in the morning, got dressed, left and had breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, all day, gone, and then came back and slept and then packed the next morning. Okay. If we had been spending more time there, I would have been like, hi, thank you, we're leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not goodbye. sharing a bathroom with seven no. strangers. I cannot believe like that wasn't disclosed to you. No. That's crazy. It said shared bathroom. But you would think but that, that means with right, the host. with the person that yeah. lives there. Yeah. Who's hosting you. Yeah, because it said, uh, you know, we, we knew Christmas. we were re- renting, like, a, a side bedroom or, a, you know, like, the guest bedroom. Mm-hmm. But she had converted the whole house into just bedrooms. So we were in, actually, like, a living room that she converted into a bedroom. And another couple was in a bedroom she converted into a bedroom. And then there was another room, which I never went into because they locked the doors or whatever, that had a couple in it. That was now a bedroom, and then her bedroom, and it was like, oh my god, <laughs> jeez, <laughs> what? Insane. What is going on at this Airbnb? Yeah. So well, anyways, at least you were just there to lay your head down on to a pillow. lay lay my head down, listen to some whales. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, but yeah, it was a great trip. I loved it. Yeah. I got a lot of cool stuff. She Enchanted got lots candles. Of, yeah, and like, lots of witchy things. I got some incense that was mixed by the oldest witch in Salem. Wow. So that's really cool. That's amazing. Um, and uh, I got a sea witch potion with that's made like with the waters of Salem too. So that's really cool. Very it's like cool. a protection, like a home protection potion that came with a spell yes i'm gonna do it of course 100 percent. oh i thought you already did it because i feel super protected right now <laughs> she protected us during yeah this recording. that's all my uh that's, that's uh, i did burn some uh the house blessing incense yesterday so Ooh. maybe that's it uh, hmm. i feel um, so blessed i'm also sunburnt <laughs> from that fairy ride fucking hell That'll happen. I know. Summer in Well, Boston. especially it's like so nice out and it's so windy. You can't feel the heat yeah. like on your body. Till so two you're hours on a ferry later. for an hour and you're like, this is wonderful. And then like an <laughs> hour later, you're like, oh, no. Why blisters? Why? It was such a cloudy day too, which is That's what gets you. Bad. Yeah. And it sneaks up on you. Yeah. Because you don't feel yourself roasting. Anyways, enough about um that garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we talk about Michigan, we're going to go into our news segment. This Week in Weird! 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 What's up? <laughs> what you got? Not too much. Not too much. Uh, this past week, a panic has erupted in a small superstitious village in South Africa as a devil lamb was born with a humanoid head and pink hairless skin. No. <laughs> Some villagers think that the humanoid looking creature is the product of interspecies breeding between man and beast. 
While others believe that the mother may have been accidentally inseminated with human sperm. Ew. Some villagers say they will not be happy until the carcass is ceremoniously burned. Uh, this thing actually, I'll see if I can pull up a picture, truly looks like a big fat human baby with hooves. It's disgusting. Do you think a human was just having no. sex with a sheep? No. No, no they wouldn't. Well, putting out our options <laughs> before you all shout at me. Um, it says agricultural chiefs have confirmed that the deformed baby lamb is simply the result of an infection contracted in the womb. Thank God. Um, so <laughs> the, the chief director. Vomited. I know. I can't imagine. The chief director of veterinary services said it's a stillborn lamb uh, oh. sired by a sheep. And no humans, uh, and subsequently infected by a Rift Valley fever at an early stage in his pregnancy. Uh, it's not unusual for animals to be infected, and the lamb had become pregnant during a time of heavy rainfall. This is when mosquitoes, known to be carriers of Rift Valley fever, are prevalent. Uh, and apparently, earlier this month, a baby cow was also born with a human-like face and was hailed as a god in India, with thousands of worshippers flocking to see the animal, and there's talk of building a temple in its honor. Uh, many believe the calf, which died within an hour of being born, was an avatar of Lord Vishnu, a Hindu god. Funny South, that one is a god yeah. and one is the devil. One South Africa, devil, devil burn him. <laughs> India, praise be to he on high. He will build a temple <laughs> in his honor. Build a high. temple. <laughs> Let me see if I can find a picture of this. Uh, you have a news story you could talk about. Uh, but yeah, so like the villagers are literally in a panic. They've had to like make announcements several times that... It's not half man, half goat. Like, it's an infection, and they're just like, they they're have like, to. No, this is a. They have to tell people that, though, because I'm sure everyone's flipping yeah, their shit. Yeah, there's some people who are just refusing to chill out until they, like, hold, like, some sort of ceremony to burn the carcass. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I want to meet the guy that tells the other guy, hey, you have to tell the people that this isn't a human. Like, right. Please go out and spread Like, the everyone's word. in a panic, dude. Can you share that this you thing is there. not a human? Hilarious. Um, okay, so mine is just a little bit of entertainment news, but it relates back to the 90s episode we did a few weeks ago. We were talking about TV shows and movies that we loved that came out in the 90s that were just a little bit weird, and two of them that we discussed are getting reboots. One of them we posted on our Instagram, Rocco's Modern Life is getting a reboot on Nickelodeon in 2018 with all the original voices, which yes. is super exciting. Wow. And, and we just talked about how bizarre of a show it is. And I'm nervous that it won't be as bizarre because Nickelodeon has become so much more tame oh, no. since it's going the 90s. To but yeah, all the articles <laughs> I've read about it are like, no, it's did, going to be just as bizarre. Did you read about like what it's going to be about? No. Oh, wait, so... didn't. Didn't someone go away, but then... Well, basically what happens is the the all the characters mm-hmm. were have been lost in outer space That's since the 90s. That's what it was. They went, like, they went and away. And so they're space. now back in 2017, but they crave like 90s nostalgia because they're not used to the world today. So they, they still love all the things that they used to love in the 90s. So it's going to be a very 90s show still... But in 2017. In 2017. So oh my it's going to be them 
like having trouble coping with like not being in the 90s anymore. That's actually a great story. I feel yeah. like that's all... totally geared towards us. Yeah, right. Like yep. so this is that's not, why I think no, it's in a, they're not worried yeah. about kids watching. They want right. us to watch. They want yeah. our generation to watch for sure. No, Nerdist was reporting on it and basically saying like, don't worry, it's going to be just as weird as you've wanted. And I knew they said something about all the characters being away and coming back, but I didn't realize it was outer space, which is great. Um, so can't wait for that in 2018. Yeah. Glad the original voices are coming back for that weird yeah, show. Yeah, Carlos Alazraki is the voice of Rocco. Um, and he used to perform at the comedy club that I managed. Really? Yeah. Nice. I met him several times. And Did it you was say, like, I love you, I didn't Rocco? even realize. I mean, I'm sure it said in the program, but I didn't even realize because he doesn't sound like Rocco, obviously. Sure. He's also the voice of, like, the Taco Bell dog. Oh my god. Taco Taco Bell. Bell. Um and uh I was just reading the article and it was like, all oh, the voices are coming back. Carlos Salas Rocky and I was like, What? And it said like, Rocco, I, know this and I was guy. like, What the fuck? That's so funny. That <laughs> yeah, was pretty crazy. Um, and then a 90s movie is coming back with a reboot to sci-fi. Tremors is coming yes! back. Yes! I knew you had known about yes! this. That's why I was surprised you hadn't Kevin! mentioned it. Kevin Bacon <laughs> is on sci-fi, is going to reboot Tremors with Kevin Bacon. He's oh reprising God. his original role. The cable network has picked up a pilot based on the 1990 film, and Bacon will also serve as an executive producer. Wonderful. The TV series will pick up 25 years after the original film has left off. Um, The killer graboid worms that nearly destroyed the small town of Perfection, Nevada, 25 years ago, are back, and the town's only hope for survival is Valentine McKee, who will beat them once who beat them once, but to do it again, he'll have to overcome age, alcohol, and a delusional hero complex. It's going to be great. I'm very excited. It's going to be Joe awesome. Joe and I were talking about it, and he actually said something really great. He was like, Kevin Bacon has been, like, silently brilliant for, you know, 20 years. Yeah. Like, every time you see him in something, he's amazing. Yeah. But he's still not, like, a huge star. I mean, everyone knows who he is, obviously. Yeah. But no, that's true. He's been... You're just, like, silently taking these roles yeah. and rocking everyone, but you're never, like, superstar Kevin Bacon. You know what? I saw something, too, the other day that I thought was interesting, and I didn't follow it up, um, that this will be Kevin Bacon's first sequel. Oh. That he's ever done. Interesting. And he's been on board for a Tremors sequel, like, an actual Tremors sequel for years. He said but right they away, let's like, do this. Shitty, shitty sci-fi movies. So I think they finally, if he's on board finally, I think it's probably something yeah. pretty incredible. This is going to be great. Yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm really I glad sci-fi is on board. Have you seen it. Tremors before? Ooh, That's my. okay. He's shaking his head no. Oh, yeah, sorry. I forgot. No one can see us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were shaking your head no very sheepishly. Ooh, speaking okay. of sheep. We, oh, you found the picture. Oh, my God. It looks like a human. Scroll down. I don't know if I want to. What is that? That's the baby goat. Those are the. That's a picture of the same thing. Uh huh. Oh my god! It does have a human-like face. It does. But my gosh, it's little body, and then it has hooves. (laughs) It's team too much. Yeah, are those do sheep have scrotums? (laughs) Oh, there's no more pictures. I hate. Everything about it. Yeah. I don't enjoy it. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's hard to look at. I will. It's hard to look at. Want to hear something uh, really quick and fun about Kevin Bacon? Yes. Because I feel like you're always supposed to do that, like, degrees of separation from Kevin Bacon. Oh, yeah, from Kevin Bacon, of course. So, one of my best friends in New York um, worked on a TV show out there that that TV show, like, inherited all of the clothes from the following 
That's what that was called, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, his show. And I guess he had, like, a leather jacket that he, like, particularly cared for. So they bought a bunch of them because, you know, if something happens, that he liked this specific one. Mm-hmm. So her show inherited all their clothes. Therefore, she got one of the leather jackets. And one year as a gift to me, she gave me a leather jacket. So I have a Kevin Bacon leather jacket that, like, I wear sometimes. That's amazing. (laughs) That's incredible. You should wear it out literally every day. Literally every day. Well, I mean, it's a little warm in Southern California for that, uh, but... I feel like you should bite the bullet on this one and wear it every day. And just, like, be like, hey, this is Kevin Bacon's jacket. No, yeah, that's the first thing you should say. You have to say that in every room you walk into. You've heard of the silently brilliant Kevin Bacon, right? (laughs) This is his jacket. This is his jacket. Oh, my God. Also, the showrunner for Tremors is going to be the same um, creator from the CW Secret Circle, which Mike and I used to watch, which is embarrassing because I think it was canceled after one or two, two seasons. seasons Did it make two? But I just thought that was a fun tidbit because it was this. It was a show I've about never witches. Heard of this show? In my but you life. wouldn't like it. That's the thing oh, I should okay. say. Oh my gosh, it was you a would witch hate show, it, but you should watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it was you garbage television, it. It and it was good that it got canceled. But I watched every episode. I mean, and by good that it got canceled, if any of you listeners happen to have been on or star in that show, I know, we I'm appreciate sorry. you being here. Working actors, I should we know better. I'm sorry. We appreciate all your hard work. <laughs> Love you. Mean it. Uh, I have one more little story, and uh, I don't have the video, though. I'm going to have to show you later, so sorry about it. Uh, a mother of three has captured footage of a ghost that she believes is her son from a past life. Her name is Mandy Bainham. Bainham? Uh, She's 45 of West Midlands in England, and she captured a bluish-white spirit as it passed her camera in the shape of a head and shoulders. Uh, She got it in front of her TV as well as down a hallway in her home. Uh, A medium that Mandy visited said that she believes the boy is named Danny and was a product of a frowned-upon love affair that she had in another life. Oh, okay. Um, Mandy said at first she was shocked and didn't believe it. But as the medium told her story, she started to have visions like flashbacks, and she cried because she remembered and she knew it was all true. So the story is that she met a man called Stefan, and they fell madly in love, but they were both too young. Stefan was Jamaican and living in the town of uh, Morocco in Newton County in USA. I don't even know where that is. Uh, in the 1920s, and they knew people wouldn't let them be together. She fell pregnant. And uh, when her parents found out, they sent her love away. And when the baby was born, they put him up for adoption. Danny was sent to live with another family. And one day he was out playing with a ball and he chased it into the road and got hit by a car and died. She also said that Danny's spirit is very mischievous. And she often hears him jumping on her bed and switching the kettle off when she's trying to make a cup of tea. Uh, Mandy says she's always been sensitive to the paranormal and spiritual world, but after Danny's presence in her life, she's learning how to develop her natural abilities in order to help others. How crazy, okay, how crazy would it be if you caught, and I'll show you the video, um, but she takes the video and it's like of her TV and you can actually see what looks like a little kid playing in front of the TV. It almost looks like, you know, when film is exposed to where, you can kind of see, like, the outline of a person. Yeah. So you see it, like, go past her TV. Okay. And you can hear her going, like, whoa. Like, she's reacting to it. Uh-huh. And then uh, there's another clip really quickly down, like, kind of a hallway where you see, like, the same sort of, like, almost, like, smoky shape move wow. across the hallway. So can you imagine 
going to a medium to be like, oh, I want to contact this spirit that I is in my home. I've seen him. I've heard him. Or I've seen it and heard it because you don't know if it's a boy or a girl or whatever. And I just want to know about it. And it was like, oh, that's your son from a past life. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> what? me? And she actually, like, the memories were coming back to her when they... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't even wrap my head around this. Yeah. She said that when she, um, when she was, like... Sorry, Mike's looking so serious. Oh, I, I was like waiting for thinking, a reaction. I'm just like thinking about this, like trying to process that that whole experience. Because I know you guys have talked about your show on like the proper like terminology of like skeptic and like where you fall yeah. on the spectrum of which it's healthy to be a skeptic. Of, of understanding this stuff or acknowledging it. And I'm someone who I feel like is so skeptical, but like. If I sat down with the medium and they told me that, I would be like, oh my god, I believe every word you're saying. Like, I'm only skeptical when it's about, like, other people. Sure. But if something's happening to me, I'm like, this is for sure it. This is the only truth. Yeah. Everyone leave me alone. Everyone leave me alone. So, like, hearing I mean, that amen. would just, like, I don't, destroy me. I don't know what it would do to me. It would just, I wouldn't be able to handle that information. Yeah, she said yeah. that when she was, uh, when the medium was telling her all this story, she started to, like, remember. She said she could, like, see the boy, the man that she, like, fell in love with in her head. And, like, uh, she said it was almost like remembering, like, someone was telling her about dreams that she had once. Mm-hmm. And her being like, oh, yeah, I did have that dream. But it was a past life. Wow. Which is very interesting. It is. That's the fact that it made that, her emotional makes yeah. me think truly something came back to her and it wasn't just, oh, I can kind of see. <laughs> like, she had a reaction. Yeah. Anyway, so that's crazy. Um, I will be posting the video and I will yes. also be posting the pictures of the goat human. Uh, but be warned, it's awful. <laughs> um, it's and uh, we'll, I'll post links to those story, all the stories as well. It's going to be in our newsletter and you Wee. can visit our Patreon page to uh, fit, find out how to um, get a hold of that stuff. Yay! That was This Week in Weird. Really weird, short. Weird. 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 Ooh, that You're was, good that with was rough. Note. <laughs> <laughs> we need that bass note to help bring the you know, sound in. Um, so we're going to start talking about Michigan. Hey. Uh, the place that I've never been. America's high five state. I'm just going to say that every time. You <laughs> just say it Every time you say Michigan. It's a thing. Yeah. I, have, I say Michigan a lot. I'm just going to ruin this episode by My constantly interrupting you with that. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan. <laughs> America's high five state. Um, yeah, how should we kick this I off? We all have we some information. We've got monsters, we've got haunted uh, places, and we got serial killers. I could kick it off with some kick haunted locations if you guys want. Yeah, please. We all have some fun stuff for you all today. I was looking up some haunted hotspots. Michigan actually has a ton. Their tourism webpage is amazing and tells you all the great places to visit. Um, but I pulled some of the ones that I found most interesting. And Mike, maybe you've heard of some of these places. Otherwise, it's going to be a great like, story for My memory has been wiped at this like, I yes. don't know what Michigan is, but I'll try and stay on board. Okay, so the first... I don't know what Michigan is. <laughs> I've forgotten completely. Um, so the first one is the Traverse City State Hospital. Ooh. And I'm spacing it out that way because city and state being next to each other kept throwing me off every time I would read it. Read it. Traverse City State Hospital. There you go. Um, Traverse City is located on the shores of Lake Michigan's Grand Traverse Bay. Okay. Um, and it has some really cool stuff going on there. Lots of museums, lots of things to see. But it is also home to the State Hospital. Um, so here's a little history. 
When asylums were all the rage in mental health, Traverse City was home to one of Michigan's finest. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I really like... When they were all the rage. When they were really hot. Well, you guys was, didn't know about when that? When they you were in, know, they were so in. But when, you know what I mean, when asylums were coming to be, yes. Traverse City had one of the most unique ones in Michigan. Um, it was first known as the Northern Michigan Asylum, built in 1885, and the first superintendent was Dr. James Decker. Munson. He had a theory that beauty could be a form of therapy. Munson felt that if mentally troubled people could come to a place and be surrounded by beauty and find peace and tranquility, that perhaps some of their troubles would cease to exist. The use of a straitjacket was not permitted. While beauty wasn't always the solution for many problems that ailed people, it was, in fact, a step in the right direction in regards to how many asylums and the people kept in them were treated and ran. Throughout our world's history, people with mental problems have been abandoned, locked up, horribly neglected due to just a lack of knowledge mm-hmm. concerning their condition. People Put just... ice picks through their yeah, eyeballs. People did not know what to do. So Dr. Munson felt differently about this and he wanted to treat people differently and his methods no doubt actually helped many people. So the hospital operated for 104 years, but after healthcare reforms came in the state, the rise of new medications and the declining use of such massive mental health facilities such as this one, the Traverse City State Hospital closed its doors for the last time in 1989. Just like many old asylums, the reputation became that it was haunted in those old bones, and the buildings on the grounds were all left to deteriorate, fall into ruin. A perfect setting for ghost stories to be born. So during the time that the hospital sat in solitude and disrepair, one could look through the windows and glimpse at the mint green lead paint peeling like blistered skin. It's always mint green. It's always that mint green color. And lead paint. And lead paint was <laughs> off the walls. Old medical objects and furniture were scattered about and through the long winding corridors, and artwork on the walls by former patients made things even creepier. Great. And then you throw in graffiti from vandalists, and it was just a lovely little creepy bonus every time you approached the grounds. Um, since the first days of exploring this old asylum, emails have poured into paranormal investigators about people experiencing strange phenomenon when they were on the grounds. Among them were strange vibes people got when they got near the buildings. People reported seeing lights on in rooms that had not had power in years. Strange shadows moved about the corridors, and some people even picked up EVPs that were very creepy. Sidekicks on the ground have claimed they were communicating with patients who had died there or were bound to the place for some reason. And whatever the experiences were, there were numerous explorers that came to this desolate collection of buildings and all left with reports of some sort of weird happening. But these buildings have since been restored and rejuvenated. Um, In the early 2000s, they restored all the buildings and now there are even restaurants on the old grounds that people can eat in. And it is a hot spot for tourists to eat and see the sights. One of the first restaurants to open at the renovated hospital grounds was Trattoria Stella's. And from the beginning, stories about spirit activity have been talked about. It has even been said that when they first opened their doors, they couldn't keep their staff around because people got too spooked to work there. So there's still some hauntings going on, but buildings have been restored and it's not that creepy, peeling, graffiti, anymore. graffitied yeah. thing. I so, wonder yeah. if they replaced the lead paint. <laughs> Maybe not. Let's hope. <laughs> I know. Let's, hope. Let's all hope. So there was no, like... 
malpractice going on as to like it their... seems like it's like the nicest asylum yeah. that's ever existed that's the thing <laughs> i don't think anyone was abused or hurt there they actually as, yeah. had they had progressive beliefs and actually were this great asylum that brought forth new ways of practicing medicine but i think people are still bound to that building or so ghost hunters say yeah and so like, there's still I some think, activity to me when i hear like bound like you know, that doesn't seem like a voluntary thing. <laughs> right, so right. I wonder, like, like, what how? what binds them to... I know. Well, we talked place. about this once, uh, why uh, prisons, abandoned prisons and abandoned as- asylums have so many um, notorious... I mean, if you see an abandoned prison anywhere, there's going to be a haunting story. Or of an course. abandoned asylum or a- an abandoned hospital. There's going to be a haunting story. And the most interesting theory that I think that we've found on that is not that there are ghosts that are stuck there Mm -hmm. but just when so much trauma happens in one spot the energy just kind of takes longer to dissipate Mm -hmm. um so you know in like a residential home where nothing's really happened maybe a couple people have died of old age like that energy you know doesn't really stick around as long but prisons where like people are mistreated or suffering just because they're in prison not necessarily being mistreated but just like in prison so they're suffering or asylums where people are dying and getting lobotomies and they're going through and obviously going through some sort of mental catastrophe Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not the right word but you know what i mean (laughs) so like that that energy is a lot stronger than just like sitting on the couch right Eating my crackers. Yeah. Um, and so it just takes a lot longer to, like, leave, leave the spot. The sure. Spot. So it's not necessarily that spirits are like, I can't move on. I'm stuck here. It's yeah. just that energy is just there. That and that energy stay. can make you feel, can make you feel weird, can make you mm-hmm. feel, like, uh, oppressed, can make you feel like someone's watching you. But really, right. it's just, like... A lot of energy in one place. Yeah, and that's the thing is no one has ever seen a person there. They've all just felt bad energy or they've seen shadows. So it could just be that yeah. energy and those just vibes that are stuck there. Except for the psychics. They claimed they were communicating with people. But, I mean, that's whole – that's next level depending on yeah who – what dimension that person is in and how they're talking to them. But, yeah. So that was one. I was re- – I really liked that because if when you were like, it's an asylum, I was like, here we go. Let's hear and about then the it torture. was like, they believed in beauty and I walking know. on the outside. Well, that's why like, I what? It. I know. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Munson. Yeah, know. thanks, Dr. Munson. As soon as you said Dr. Munson, I was like, he's probably a fucking Nazi and he probably did all this <laughs> I know. shit. Well, that's why I picked that one because I was fascinated by the fact that it was a nice a asylum with asylum? a doctor who wanted to truly help people. Yeah. Right. Um, so the next one I have is the Old City Orphanage in Marquette. Well. <laughs> well, this one has a little bit darker of a tale. Yeah. Um, one of Michigan's most famous haunts is the Old City Orphanage in Marquette, formerly known as the Holy Family Orphanage, or sometimes called the Holy Cross Orphanage. Construction began in 1914, was finished in 1915. The first occupants were 60 Native American children and eight nuns. Whoa. It sounds like a plot for a horror movie, but former occupants, now grown up, claimed that the nuns were mentally and physically abusive to the children, administering cruel and extreme punishments. One such tale that has been passed around 
as one from the little girls who went outside to play during a fierce northern blizzard because the girl stayed out too long and maybe wasn't bundled up properly or she wasn't warm enough the little girl caught pneumonia and died as a lesson and a warning to the other orphans the nuns put the dead girl's body on display for them all to see much to their shock and horror what the fuck most of the children, now senior citizens, say the treatment they received was fine, but they knew of abuse that happened to other children around them. There have been rumors circulating for years about kids being beaten to death or left out in the cold Michigan winter to die. Um, they aban- the orphanage was abandoned sometime around 1965, and plans of reconstruction were actually discussed semi-recently in 2015. However, it still stands deserted and boarded up in Marquette as an eerie gothic structure, and it stands as a reminder for the cruel ongoings that were rumored to have taken place all those years ago. This building looks hella creepy, even in the daytime, as you can see in this picture. Like, it just looks awful. All the windows (laughs) are boarded up. It looks terrible. No one wants to go there. Um, And it is said, my last little spooky line, on a quiet night that you can hear the moans and crying of the lost souls of the children who are now gone. Some have entered reports of ghost sightings as well. Oh my, you're getting close to that computer screen. Sorry, I was just trying to see. <laughs> Get a good look at that house. It's on Altamont Street in Marquette, if any Michigan people ah, are listening out Altamont. there. Go pay a visit. Have you heard of Altamont Street? I have not, but Marquette has a prison um, there. Oh gosh. A working, a working prison, prison or an or A working prison. Oh. One that we'll get into a little bit in this episode. Ooh, look at Marquette coming all around. That's exciting. I guess. A, a prison <laughs> and like a torturing orphanage. <laughs> I get excited about really weird things. Um, okay, I have one more to throw your way. I mean, there are so many we could talk about, but I tried to not talk for a hundred years. The third one is the Masonic Temple in Detroit. You know about this? You know yeah, this I was going to say, well, you grew up outside of Detroit. Yeah. What do you know about it? Do you have anything? Um, I don't know much about it. But I think it was it's like a music venue now, I think. Yeah, like they it turned it into like a, a theater. Well, yeah. I think it had a theater portion to it back in the day even too, but now it's back up and working and yeah, supposedly there's ghosts hanging out there. It might even be like a club sometimes. Maybe. Like I think I've heard like Ninety three one DRQ, come out to Masonic Temple this Friday for four dollar beers. I'm gonna get sued by ninety three one DRQ and the Masonic Temple because it's probably a church and that radio station is gonna be furious that I use them. You're You're getting arrested. uh, This is a really, really wonderful like radio DJ voice. Thank you so much. It's probably from my eighteen years in Detroit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you killed it. Um, I just have a short and sweet little bit on this. The Masonic Temple was built in 1912 by a wealthy gentleman named George D. Mason. The Detroit Masonic Temple has over 1,000 rooms and several secret staircases, concealed passages, and hidden compartments in the floor. That's not weird at all. Mr. Mason went slightly overboard when financing the construction. No, 1,000 rooms? That's not overboard. Um, and he unfortunately went bankrupt, whereupon his wife left him. He was overwhelmingly depressed about his financial and personal circumstances that, it is said, Mason jumped to his death from the roof of the temple. Whoa! And security guards claim to see his ghost to this day ascending the steps to the roof. The temple, abundant with cold spots, inexplicable shadows, and slamming doors, is known to intimidate visitors with the eerie feeling of being watched. 
And there was also another story that said he may not have jumped to his death, but he did commit suicide in some way, whether it was like jumping or bullet, jumping, hanging himself. Yeah. The jumping off of the roof, I think is the story people like to tell and are like, we saw him going up the stairs to the roof. But however it happened, he did commit suicide because of his depression about his money and his wife. So he probably still hangs out around the temple. Maybe. Well, that's another one of those uh, leftover energy theories. Because if he did, say he did walk up and jump off the roof, Mm -hmm. if you imagine the turmoil that he was in and and that last walk up there, it may not be like, my spirit's stuck here, but it may just be like that horrible energy like to know like i'm going up here to jump off the roof is just left behind yeah i mean he was clearly going through something awful so i think but at the same time energy was left a thousand rooms i know relax man yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just like a thousand rooms wait did did i miss it did you say what he originally intended this was space it to, to be? live in? Like, what's like, happening? why? What did he think? Was it going to be a hotel? Like, why did he feel he needed a thousand rooms? I don't know. I mean, not that you that like are the no. I know. I know. I scientific know researcher of this place. What was his name? Uh, George Mason. George Mason. George Mason. Was he a Vir- <laughs> George Mason? <laughs> George Mason. Was he George a D. Virginia Mason. planter? No. I don't think that's correct. Aha. American architect is what sounds he was. right. Yeah. Sounds correct. Oh, he was an architect, so I feel like maybe he was just like he was just being building. An I mean, yeah, he has for the beauty of be- he of has building. other buildings in other cities, so I know he just liked to build buildings. But I don't Got know it. why this one was so over the top. So Got that it. would be good to know. Oh man, his buildings are beautiful. I mean, this one is gorgeous. Like we have a picture of the yeah temple okay, too. Yes, I also yeah no, he's great. <laughs> Look at this other one he did. Whoa. Pretty. Yeah, I mean, he was good at his job, except when he decided a building needed a thousand rooms. (laughs) No, now I'm interested. I want to know. Yeah. I I think if he was an architect, that makes sense that it just because I think it was like him trying to like maybe outdo himself or just like, you know. And maybe this was going to be his biggest project yet. And he wanted it to be over the top. Yeah, he wasn't just some like rich man who was arbitrarily like i'm gonna build this thing with a thousand rooms and see what happens exactly yeah it is funny you can't really there's no information on how he died right i even uh it just says he died in 1948 Mm -hmm. and that is it there's no i mean most of the articles i found believe that it was suicide and like i said the jumping off the roof i think just became the popular yeah thing that people grabbed onto uh, urban legend kind of the urban legend exactly but yeah he was a very troubled man because of (laughs) thinking he had more money than he did i want to go to there me too and that building is gorgeous so (laughs) not even for the haunts i I just want to hang out there just like to all three places i know Mm -hmm. oh Maybe not the, the orphanage. orphanage. No. <laughs> I was going to say, I think we can stay out of Marquette. Yeah, yeah. we're going to go ahead and skip the Marquette trip. <laughs> we'll skip that. Especially because you said you have something bad on Marquette. So Just that there's like a prison it. where like very... Horrible people are? Yeah. Aww. I didn't want to call them horrible people, but... Not great nice. people. Would you like they to tell us nice. about these people? Yeah. Now? You know, using yes. a great segue. Oh my gosh, I would love to. <laughs> so... 
I'm going to tell you guys about some of the famous serial killers yes, in please, Michigan. Yes, yeah. And, like, again, because I know nothing and I'm so scared of weird things, <laughs> I, like, had to look up, like, what makes someone a serial killer? Mm-hmm. And do you guys know what that is? Um, isn't it you have to commit a certain amount of murders over a certain amount of time? With a break. With a break, With a yes. break? So, yeah. I didn't know the break. Because so if there's not a break, then it's a mass killing. Three or more. Oh, well, yeah. That makes sense. Three or more murders uh-huh. over an extended period of time with a break. Okay. I think there's something about I the break. I thought it was just two or more. Okay. So. I think it's something about the break being that you, in theory, you have time to process what you've done and uh-huh. decide to do to it To do again. it again. Like, it's not just like... I'm in this fit of rage because I got laid off and I'm killing people day after day after day after day. Right. I think, yeah. like, the break is like, oh, shit, what did I, what have I done? Yeah. And, and that's I'm still going to do it. <laughs> that urge to do it and again. And that's when you know yeah. your mind, something is very off in your brain that you can go do it again. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say, like, I can't understand. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh my gosh. Us. I'm literally getting arrested because <laughs> I killed the host of Keep It Weird. <laughs> um. Uh. Well, before I, like, tell you about, like, the killers that I, like, really did. I thought this was so funny looking into things. Not funny. That's the absolute wrong word for you this. You can say funny. Fine. But, um, so John Wayne Gacy. We know, know who him he well. is. Yes. You guys being from Illinois. Uh-huh. They actually found out. So I found a video that was posted by ABC7 in Detroit. So the local news. They posted this in 2013. And, um, I'm not positive when the, when they, like, kind of restarted this investigation, but supposedly he is also responsible responsible for two murders in Michigan. Really? John Wayne Gacy? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, so I guess they figured out somehow someone reopened the case, or, you know, the case for these two boys, and I guess uh, John was traveling through Michigan in, like, the part of the 70s that these two boys were murdered, so okay. now that, now they've, like... I don't They've know if they're, like, still pursuing it, yeah. but right. it was, like, I think it's kind of, like, understood, like, it's a good chance good that chance. this is... Very good chance. He was the one. So I thought that was crazy, oh, wow. because I've never associated him no. with Michigan. Michigan. No, not at all. Um, Very cool. But, okay, so the first serial killer we're going to talk about is the co-ed killer. Oh, I've, I've heard of this. You I have? Haven't. Oh my gosh, I wanted to tell you all new things. I'm no, curious. I promise you, I've only heard like very small bits and pieces, so I'm excited to learn more. Okay, so it took place in the late 60s in the Ann Arbor area, and the person who was convicted of these murders and is now considered the co-ed killer is John Norman Collins, who is from Ypsilanti, which is also in the Ann Arbor neighborhood. Um, Eastern Michigan University is there, okay. and in Ann Arbor, the University of Michigan is there. And, oh. Uh, so it's like, Ann Arbor's like a a big, like, College. soul of the, <laughs> yeah. of the state, yeah. because like U of M, like Ann Arbor, it's kind yeah. of a, it's also like a more like liberal Okay. Area, I would say. Like they, would you consider it a college town? Like, yeah. Do, okay. Yeah, very big much. College town, though, very right? much. It's yeah. pretty big. Yeah. They have okay. a like a really nice downtown, but it is very heavily populated by Wolverines. Students. Okay. Yes. The, yes. The college Wolverine. <laughs> not, not the not the actual, actual animal, Wolverines. But maybe, who knows? Yeah, right. So John not Wayne Gacy, John <laughs> Norman Collins. Um, was arrest- arrested for killing seven women. He 
sexually molested them, put them in grotesque positions, and they were all found in rainy fields. And, like, I know I'm giving this weird details, but I'm going to tell you something later that's really cool about why. So he actually only ended up getting charged with his last victim, and I watched um, a police officer who was involved in the whole thing. He was, like, a retired sheriff who was, like, the person in charge during... The investigation. The, the, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, the investigation. And I watched a video of him, like, kind of retelling everything, like, way after it happened. Uh-huh. And there's so many crazy things about the whole situation. And, like, remember Ann Arbor being such a big college town, like, mm-hmm. a very, like, like almost this, like, palpable, like, community because you're all, like, rooting for U of M and U of M such yeah. a big thing for Michigan and you're a big part of Michigan as, a, as the state. Right. Yeah. So... The sheriff was talking about these victims and was he had said that um, he, like he has no doubt that they got the right guy, but he has admitted that like they had so little evidence to charge him with that like it was a complete screw up by his lawyers that he like totally should have got gotten off on this and I mean I guess that's a bit much to say, but he yeah. very much says like he could have. He could have. Gotten away with and it. There was. He gotten away with it. So all six murders took place in Michigan, but one murder that they tried to put on him took place in California, and he's like, literally, the people in California have more that they could put him away for than we did. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. I what the craziest part of this whole experience. So yes, he killed them. He put, and I think four out of seven of them, he put twigs in their vagina or like. It's a popular any any kind of place to shove things. Yeah, I I think even one of the girls he like ripped her panties and like I don't know if he ejaculated in them, but he shoved them up there, or if they just got semen on them from being shoved up in there. But like they said, they could tell that it was like a deliberate. It it was a deliberate act of stuffing her underwear inside of her. Um, he would mutilate their bodies. He'd like slash their breasts and he just, so they had kind of thought like whoever the, whoever did this has like some serious like mom issue or like I hate women. Something against women. This isn't just a, just want to kill somebody situation. This is, yeah, this is I want to torture somebody. What I also think is crazy is, so like again, yeah, they said like he has a mom issue. He hates women. Every one of his victims was on their period when he killed them. What? No. How is that even possible? Right. Listen to this. So this is a story being retold by the sheriff of what the uh, girl who eventually came forward about her interactions with him told him. She said they went out and I guess he was like part of what got him convicted was a witness seeing him on a motorcycle with his last victim because I guess he was like into motorcycles. They went out on a date, like, whatever, had a good time, I guess. He was bringing her back home, and then, was like, they got to the door, and she was like, okay, thanks, like, have a nice time, see you later, I'm gonna study. He was like, come on, you don't have to go inside, like, let's just hang out, like, let's let's go for a Keep ride. Keep going, yeah. yeah. which pro- ultimately probably would have got her killed, because yeah, I think she that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, no, that's okay, I'm gonna study, and he was like, no, come on, you don't need to study, and, and I think they, like... It got a little, a little like argumentative. Like she was being like, like she was like, no, calm down, like no, I'm yeah. going inside to yeah. study. And he goes, oh, you're on your menstrual period, aren't you? Or like some arrangement Ugh. of that word. And she was like, how did you know that? And he said, I can smell it. 
What? Isn't that insane? Shut your dirty mouth. I just uh, think that that's like so foul. And then oh like, my gosh. and then I think just about like the fact that all his victims were on their period, period when he killed them. Like, did he have this weird sense? Right? Like, could he literally like smell he a superhuman he brown period bear? <laughs> Is he a shark? Yeah. Like, I just think that's. What a I mean, I think that's so foul. Yeah, that makes me want to die. So gross. Oh my god. So, she she didn't come forward to like a little bit later after this had all happened. Obviously, she was scared, but she had known like this guy's a weirdo. He's Holy up. shit! Yeah, this guy's a weirdo. No second date for me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, gotta go. Thank you. <laughs> um, he so supposedly what happened was or why he had this mom Urge. drama women thing. After police did some investigating, which, like, the police officer said, like, when his mom came to court and his sister, Mm -hmm. that they were, like, beautiful women. Like, Mm -hmm. so pretty. Long, dangly earrings. Oh, which all his victims all had long, dangly earrings. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were, like, beautiful women. Like, miniskirt, the little boots with the heel. Like, totally, like, fashionable. So, after police did some investigating on the mom, they found out she was a prostitute. Mm -hmm. And supposedly, he caught her with a man once, and that caused all the, like, turmoil and, like... The anger. Yeah, towards, like, women. There was another, yeah, Michigan serial killer. What was his name? You did him on our uh, 90s episode. Yeah, Benjamin, or Tony in quotations, (laughs) Atkins, because he (laughs) had people call him Tony. But, yeah, he was actually a Michigan guy, and he had anger towards his mom for being in prostitution. He only killed... Not just women, prostitutes specifically, mm. because he had such anger towards them. All up and down, like, th- one of the most, like, scary, homeless populated areas of Detroit. And no one cared because they were all just, like, these homeless prostitutes. prostitutes which, is so sad. which is so right. sad. And it took them years to find him because it mm-hmm. just, like, fell to the bottom of the pile. And, yeah. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Just same, so crazy. Same deal. So... With him getting convicted, he, or getting, like, you know, arrested and stuff, they, I mean, there's this whole story of them, like, setting up this stakeout and hoping that he would come back to the scene, um, and they, like, had a mannequin down where a body that they found was, and they were just hoping he would revisit They were hoping that he would return, because killers very often do that, um, but they were, like, getting attacked by mosquitoes because they were all in like swampy areas like just after it hit it had rained like that was like his thing and supposedly someone just like one of the officers was like oh we see someone and they all like rushed in like everyone from everywhere and then there was no one so that leaked out to the press which the press then put out a ton of negative stuff about About the the police police. Mm -hmm. which made the michigan state police get involved and then they were like we're gonna bring in the fbi so again just that like this city was truly in panic. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and because all this stuff is coming out, and it's all these college kids, you know what I right. mean? Like, Eastern Michigan University, University of Michigan. Can you imagine? Your kid is at school, 17, 18. Like, there's this killer on the loose. No yeah. one knows. I wouldn't be at school anymore. No. Right. So, they had this psychic um, come in whose Wonderful. name was... Wonderful. Love it. Peter Herkos, who was famous with the Boston Strangler... Uh, oh, really? He was, he was also involved in that. Okay. And this police sheriff was like, I want nothing to do with him. Like, okay, the people want this to happen, so, like, we're going to let him do it, but, like, I don't really care about anything, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to listen to anything he says. Right. Yeah. So Peter goes to the grounds, and the sheriff's like, he got down, like, almost like he was praying, and he was like, blah, blah, blah. 
he left later that night, holds a press conference at the Holiday Inn, right? And he says, the person who's going to be arrested is a young man. He will not be born in this country. There will be something with a homemade ladder and foreign money. And the sheriff was like, good one, asshole. Like, you know. (laughs) you. Right. Thanks for nothing. That's. Can we get a name? Yeah, like. Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye, Peter. I'm glad you're a psychic and, like, everyone thinks you tell things. Whatever. So, there is a, I believe he was an officer. I don't necessarily know his real, like, official title with the police, but he worked with the police. And his last name was Looks or Leaks, Mm -hmm. something like that. And he happened to be the uncle of John Norman Collins uh, by marriage. Okay. So, John was watching his house at... Um, while they were on vacations in some other part of the country, some other part of Michigan or the country, I'm not sure. But either way, the officer comes back home and notices, like, what he thinks might be blood in the basement, and he calls the police. He's an officer, so he knows, like, what's appropriate to do. He calls the... He knows the Whoever, protocol. like, the people are that come and yeah. check that stuff. And they're going through it. They, everyone's freaking out. People, he knows that John was at their house. Right. And so they arrest John, and they do, like, all the stuff of the basement. Shit you not, John, a young man. Uh-huh. In the basement, against the wall, there is a homemade ladder. John has four Canadian dollars in his wallet when he's arrested. No. What? Literally everything the guy said, the psychic said, Shut ended up. up being true. Peter! I know. <laughs> Peter! Crazy, oh right? God. That's nuts. That's insane. And there's no way he could have known that no from way. in the grass. Like, and then, like, Ugh. the skeptic in me is like, well, foreign money, like, Canada's so close to Detroit. Like, I used to go to Canada all the time when I was not yeah. 21 because you could drink there. And so, like, the idea that someone would have foreign, foreign money. money from Canada is not the craziest thing in the world. Right. But at the same time, like, there's also... I've been in Michigan many a times and not had foreign money. You know what I mean? So the chances of finding me with foreign money is, like, very small. Sure. And the homemade homemade ladder. ladder. And the homemade ladder. Yeah, like, so crazy. Wow. Yeah. So that was was Peter's uh, contribution to this race, which is huge, which at first was looked at as, like, okay, asshole. Really excited for you to give us your nonsense. Broke the case. Thanks, Pete. Pete. But, yeah, so I know. Sorry, I went on so long about no, this. No, it's okay. Oh God, you're such a good storyteller. Yeah, so he ended up getting charged with the murders. Good. I'm trying to see because I'm pretty sure that he only got charged with one of them. Yeah, most of the time. They'll do that a lot. That happens. If they can it nail sucks. you for one of them. They'll take it. So they're like, right. we yep. just need you off the well, fucking streets. Well, also, for these murders, like, you have to, a lot of the time... Uh, depending on, like, what county the the bodies were left in and, like, all kinds of stuff. You have to have, like, a separate trial for each one, right. too, which is uh, a nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted us to harmonize, but I'll take no. what I can get. <laughs> no, I'm going to shout. You can scream. I will shout. Well, yeah, so with John, good old John Collins, the co-ed killer, he... Um, he ended up getting, I can't find in my notes right here exactly how many he was actually sentence. found guilty of, but he got the highest sentence that you can get in Michigan, 
But because, oh, also, he was born in Canada, which was another um, thing the guy said. He wasn't born. born in the U.S.? Yeah, so he was in prison in Michigan, Jeez. and he kept trying to get, um, I don't know exactly all the legal it, vernacular like, for it, but he wanted to go to do prison in Canada, right. and he talked about prison. I watched an interview with him, which he did on a local Detroit, kind of like Ryan and Kelly, but it was called Kelly and Company, and it was local to Detroit, and it was... Uh, news anchor and a weather woman that like had a same kind of show but for local so he did an interview with them and watching him like I totally like believed that he might have been innocent and he's always claimed he was innocent his lawyer said there was not enough evidence to prove him guilty the police said like the lawyers just messed up because there really wasn't that much in the blood they found in the basement actually turned out like to have no connection at all. Like what? it was it was not relevant. So is this to not the guy? Case. Yeah. They I don't feel know. like this might not be. I, I totally when I watch him speak, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's like seems like such like a normal guy. He's like pretty articulate. He was a college kid, like and when it, what what really threw me is, you know, they that they had said like the person who did this has to like have a mommy issue, like a big problem with women. But when the woman, I think her name is Marilyn, who was interviewing him for this local show, um, when she talked about his mother, he, like, you could see his heart, like, literally break, and he'd, like, have to stop, and, like, he'd start crying. The way you talk and, about like, his mom? Yeah, like, he's like, I love her, and I'm so huh. close with her, and they were like, well, when your mom died, how did that affect you? And he, like, you know, he's, like, saying it through tears, like, I became the shell of a person, and, because she died while he was in prison. Oh. And so, like... I, I don't know. Like, that I feel so, so bad for him. It doesn't yeah. sound like someone who's, like, mad at their mom and but is But gonna... also, how can he smell women's periods? Yeah, and but why also, is he the why weirdest? would he say the creepiest thing in the world to that person? That's right. the only thing that snaps me out of that. Because after the things you're saying, now I want to go back and watch all these videos yeah. and see what I think. But also, just that story alone of him saying, Ew, are you on your period? I can smell it. Makes yeah, me like, weird. oh, you're messed up. I mean, which he has never admitted to that. To say that it's she, she said yeah, that. That could easily be hearsay. But, um, yeah, I just, Man. it's crazy. Cause he, and they said like, even when he came to court, like he was like a good looking guy. Like he was in his nice little suit and his nice haircut. Like, so and I actually, if you want to see him, that's not him. I was like, what? <laughs> but like, this is him yeah, like as a killer. Like that, you know what I mean? Like not, that's not very. He looks like he's saying, hi, I'm headed to the football game. Right. Like, or like, hi, I work in finance but is he like christian bale an american psycho and just looks I mean, like sharp yeah, dressed and normal Bundy, and then, right he's very uh yeah right oh his youngest victim was 13 which no. i think is really sad because like oh, not that it's not that. sad for the college no but people. that's just horrible especially if there was you know sexual assault and right which there were um, he is currently incarcerated in Marquette at the prison. Hey, that's Marquette. What that's <laughs> what that's what this is all about. There hey, if you're is. from Marquette, we're not going to come visit you. Yeah, sorry. sorry it's terrifying. Um, but again, I just want to like emphasize the role of, because he said like this was like a comedy of errors, the reason he's in trouble and the pressure the media was putting on police and on the sure. town. They had to arrest somebody. Right. Yeah. They had they to had figure to do it something. out. But when they arrested him, did the killing stop? Uh, yes, they did. Okay, well, see. he he says no, they did not, but the police say yes, they did. Hmm. Um, this is an interesting story. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's it was either one hundred percent him, one hundred percent, or the murderer 
the guy who was doing the killing saw this guy take the fall and move to, say, wherever the fuck he wanted to and continued to do this. Continued to kill yeah. and said, I'm going to let Michigan take this yeah, and I'm going to move on. this guy. Right. It's, I, and another thing, not to be, like, conspiracy person, but, and maybe you can edit this part out if we don't like it because I don't want the police to come after me, but I watched the video of the sheriff, like, re-talking about this. You know, I, I want to say it's, like, 30 years later. Something like that. And he, at the end of this video, he starts telling stories about, like, other shit at the police precinct. And he's like, one time these two hippies, because the hippie thing was in, came into the police station. And one guy had the American flag sewn onto his pants upside down. And I thought, who, who are you? Arrest him. And arrested this guy. Called a judge and a lawyer and were like, hey, I'm trying to teach this kid a lesson, like... I need something that can stick to the kid, like, for charges, blah, blah. And the kid ended up getting 90, I didn't, he said 90 days. I don't know if he meant, like, community service or, like, actually in, like, the local jail. Literally. But he, like, got this kid in trouble for desecrating the flag. And then he talks about another time, he's like, these hippies walked in, which, like, he used that term a lot. So I think he's, like, the opposite of liberal Ann Arbor. (laughs) And Should not be in Ann Arbor. Right. And he had some guy, like, shave their head because he didn't, like... His their hair. long hair. He was like, I had a crew cut. Everyone had a crew cut. So I had this guy. I asked everyone, like, who's a barber and can cut their hair? Okay. So literally these cut these kids' cups. hair. And he's like, um, and he was like, ha, 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 the dandruff falling off their hair was disgusting. It was so thick. It was longer than their hair. Ha, ha, ha. And, like, laughing about him. And he got fined by a judge for that. So he had to pay $600 to a judge because that's, like, obviously you can't just do shit like that. Um, but then that made me think, I'm like, holy shit, like, maybe, maybe literally the pressure, because like I say, this was such a big deal to Ann Arbor, like, two huge schools, like, that maybe there was some, like, we need to, we need to put it on someone, and if you're the sheriff, the person in charge of this Mm. is someone who, like, I don't like his pants, throw him in jail, I don't like your hair, shave it, like... interesting because my family post me leaving my mom got a job in flint mm-hmm. and so my family had moved to flint for a couple years and this one is actually recent and takes place in flint okay oh flint is flint is struggling yeah flint is i mean for anyone that doesn't know flint is known for its crime like it is notorious for just being like a wretched place of crime yeah but in 2010 they had a record-breaking year with 66 homicides for them which like my god that's a lot like 66 homicides in one year yeah Yeah, for a small flint is yeah flint is not big it's (laughs) not big at all and like so where my family moved was in like not in like flint proper but in the suburbs which like the suburbs are actually really nice. Like, there's tons of beautiful homes. Yeah. Eisman Trophy winner Mark Ingram is from Flint. Like, it, 
to are f- from like the suburbs the of Flint. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not that bad. There was this guy. His name was Elias Abuelazam. Abu- 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 I don't know. Um, but Something he, like that. Yeah. <laughs> he um, was going around slashing people. So, what? yeah. In two months, he had stabbed 14 people, all black men. Oh, my. And uh, five of them, five people died, 13 people injured from him stabbing them. So he would drive around in this SUV and say, like, hey, I'm not from around here, but I need, like, do you know where this street is, blah, blah. And these guys who are, like, typically walking um, would be like, oh, yeah, sure, like, this street's that. And he's like, what? And they'd get, like, closer. And he was a huge guy. So he's, like, six-something, like, a lot of pounds. Like, everyone describes him as kind of this, like, MMA fighter type, like, huge man. And so he, like, did things from his car a lot to try to hide his, his size, because that's intimidating already. You'd be yeah, nervous, sure. like, it's a nighttime, right. you're huge. Back up off me. We're in Flint, like, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, he would literally stab them, and they said some of his victims, like, I'm not sure if it was the dead ones or the alive ones, but they could tell that he had, like, st- and, like, picked them up. Oh, oh sorry, God. I motioned, like, a stabbing. Stabbing, and then, and then, then would, an like, upward motion. Yeah, like, they would oh, find, like, the cuts the line going up of the because knife. he <sighs> had, like, picked them off the ground. So this is, like, a strong, oh. huge man. Can you imagine? That's horrible. No, I can't. I think knifing people is just, like, the Absolutely most insane thing. It's my biggest fear. Thing. Um, so, what's kind of crazy about this one, I'll make this one shorter, but, so, he killed these, he killed people in Flint, and then was kind of silent for a while, and police literally were, like, holy shit, like, we have no leads, we have no suspects, like, and this is, I mean, 14 people, that's a yeah. lot of people. That's a lot of people like, to be dying with no Right, leads. and so even the police were like, this is, like, literally a madman, he's killing, and we and we can't stop him. 14 people in two months, like, that's, that's a crazy. lot of people. And so, so they can't find anything, he goes silent for a while, and then the police get contacted by a small town in Virginia where someone's chasing people with a hammer. And ah, trying to, like, good. hammer them. Good. Um, and no one died from the hammer, so they were just, like, assaulted with it and then Still got horrible. away, thankfully. Thank, thank goodness. Um, and then they hear uh, from Toledo, Ohio, that there is another attack. So, at this point, the FBI is like, now this is, like, beyond just you, Flint. We need to figure out what the fuck's going on. So, the FBI gets involved... And they form, like, a a task force thing. And then it turns out, so one of the people who survived the attacks had, was like, came to and was able to talk and talked about this, like, alcohol promo shirt he remembers him wearing. And they gave, like, a description of him and blah, blah, blah. So it turns out when, I'm not sure when the date was, but, oh, a few weeks prior to when this guy, like, identified him, because they had, like, they were able to get, like, an ID on his car that it was, like, this SUV and its colors, but they still didn't, like, know where he was. Right. So, and then they found out where he worked, so they went to his job, and they were like, we're looking for someone who looks like this, do you know this? And they have, like, footage of it, and you can see 
the t-shirt that he that was described wearing in that thing so they know like he get he got the shirt from here yeah he's working here he's getting paid under the table right and someone was like oh that's eli he also he's not here because he went to virginia to visit his family a little bit oh, he so took a hammer right? really <laughs> yeah. brought a hammer with him so they literally were like okay we got him <laughs> we just got to figure out his last name because none of his work people knew it which is also weird but again like being paid yeah. on the table small right. town whatever sketchy um turns out a few weeks prior to this, the police had issued him a ticket for selling alcohol to minors. So the whole time they had a, his driver's license. Like, <laughs> while they're looking for this guy and what his name is and oh what he looks God. like, they had a copy of his driver's license, like, with them. Right. So they identify him. They, like, st- start looking for him. And he is in Kentucky getting ready to board a plane to go to Tel Aviv. Because he, Ooh. at this point, knows he's caught because they, you know, put it out. Now they have his full yeah. name, his photo, right. here's yeah. the car, here's what his outfit might look like. Put out the thing, he's on a flight, and the police are, like, trying to do this all within the hour because they find out he's literally in the airport in Kentucky like getting ready to board a flight. The so they're like, oh we gotta get him, we gotta get him. He, um, they find out his plane has a layover in Atlanta where he has to deboard the plane and get on a new one. So they, like, get the Atlanta police involved. Long story short, they catch him in Atlanta so he can't get to Tel Aviv. Because the police talk about just, like, getting someone extradited to convict them of this is just going to be impossible. Like, it's going to take forever. I mean, he knew what he was doing. Yeah. So they get him and... In his, they, when they go through his suitcase, which I guess had somehow been, like, left in Kentucky, they go through a suitcase with DNA stuff and find the blood of one of his victims. So that was oh what they were able That's to charge him That's how they him convicted with. him. Wow. Why he, he do this? Why? Why he do he, this? He, he, he <laughs> refused to confess, and they say his motives, like, are still, like, they have no idea why, but... In, on June 25th, my birthday Ooh, of 2012, birthday. he was sentenced to life in prison. Thank God. It's disgusting human. Yeah. I just, like, can't imagine stabbing so many people. I know. And, and just not having a care like, in the world. No and then, reason. Yeah. For Maybe. Hell, it I mean, sounds he probably like it was, had a yeah. reason, obviously. Well, you said it was mostly black it. men. Do yeah. You think it was well, they thought it, they thought it was a race-related thing, but then they make a good point. I, again, I was watching, like, YouTube interviews and stuff with all these people and they make a good point that just the demographic of flint like the chances that like if you were going to stab a random person on the street it would probably be a black person yeah that's just that's valid yeah so you can't call it with a hate crime because right you, you can't truly prove that right okay interesting well he fucking sucks was eli what was his last name Abuela. Oh, that's right. Oh, the names are <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Something um, like that. What is happening? Also, we're Do being attacked outside. Noise? Yes. I feel like it's a robot rolling up to your door, <laughs> about to shoot all of us. Kill us all. That's how. That's his last name. So if. A boy. Abuela's I would have said it exactly. That sounds like you said the it. name Abuela's of like arm. a demon from the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Abuela's arm. This is yes. Babylon. <laughs> And his brother, Abuelazan. <laughs> You're exactly right. Abuelazan like stabbies. I would have said it exactly the way you did so. Um, do you have any more? Do you have another one? I do. But maybe we should just like encourage people to investigate this person on their own. Okay. So when you guys get a chance, you have to look up Carl Eugene Watts. He was the Sunday morning slasher who also 
killed Ooh. people in the Ann Arbor Ypsilanti area, which, man, rough days in Ann Arbor. Um, but based on what they know now, he is supposedly the most prolific killer ever. Because wow. he is associated with 100 murders. Help what? us. Yeah. No. He when was, was he, he was convicted for two. For but, two. Right. But, um. Insane. 100? Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's so many crazy. Carl you, Watts? Yes. You name? have to. Carl, Carl Eugene Watts. Watts. It sounds familiar. You have to look him up because there's so many things like a little teaser. He signed a plea deal with officers where he would admit to some murders if they gave him a burglary or burglary burglary with intent to murder for these two girls he tried to kill in texas so they agreed to the plea deal he's gonna get like 60 years or something for that he confesses right then and there to nine murders so i think at this point they had believed him to have committed 26 and yes. so he has 60 years in prison, right? They didn't, the police didn't let him know that when he tried to drown this girl in Texas, that water was considered a deadly weapon. So in appeals, they found the police like guilty or whatever of not informing him. So his charges got dropped down to just burglary. <gasps> this man has now admitted to killing at least nine people, admitted that he broke in to kill these two girls. And is now just in jail for burglary. And then, because of Texas in 1994, I think that was the year that this was happening, they had a, like, good behavior clause they had to follow. So not only was he, he, and they said he was, like, the perfect prisoner. So he was getting, like, the time served back plus the good deeds back. So he was, like, and then with this plea deal of just burglary, he was, like, oh, I'll be out in 2004. And it was, like, gonna be, he was gonna be, like, a free man after having admitted to killing so many people. But then it like went to court again and there was all this other stuff that came up. And there's like this witness who 24 years ago tried to say something, but police were like, no, it's fine. He's going to go to jail for 60 years. So we don't really need you to say anything about the Uh, other murder. And the guy was like, that seems weird. But they're like, yeah, we're happy with the 60 years. So don't worry about it. But then when the sentence was getting reduced and with all these things, like... Get that witness And in 96, they changed that law in Texas, but they can't, like, go back. They can't retroactively. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really fascinating. Like I said, like, he's arguably the most prolific serial killer because he he is associated with so many people. And then he died of prostate cancer while he was in prison. But Carl Eugene Watts, look him up. It's fascinating. Yeah. I will have to look that guy up. Sounds like a really great tale. Did he end up getting out of prison? No. At, at, for any amount of time? Mm-mm. No. All right. No. Oh, he, okay. he was then, because that witness who, like, tried 24 years ago, in, I think it was in 2004, when the lawyer, like, was like, we cannot let this guy get out. We have yeah, to find something. Absolutely not. He got to talk to her, and then it was his, like, I watched him kill someone. And yeah. back then, no one cared. Like, they were like, he's going to get in prison, so it right. doesn't matter. But Thank then, God. so he, he was redoing to... that, was able to get him another prison, oh, or two prison terms Thank for God. life in prison. And but then, then he, he died. Of, well, oh my God. Died of cancer. What are you going to do? Woo! Um, I've got some Michigan monsters. Hey. <laughs> Can't um, wait. Some crypt- cryptids. Cryptids. Um, so, Michigan's fucked up. 
Can we just Thank all you. Think that's what we've learned today. So my first monster, uh, they are known as the Melon Heads of Allegan County. See Does you later. About Allegan, A L L E G A N. Allegan. Little map That might of not Michigan. even be like how it's pronounced. Allegan County. Allegan. But they are known as the Melon Heads. Do you see it on there? I do not. Is it in the UP or the Mitten? Uh, it's uh, let's see. It's near Saugatuck, Michigan. Saugatuck. I know nothing. Yeah, I have wish no, I could help like, you. We will trust whatever you say. You could lie to us right now. Um, oh, I see it right here. Just kidding. Oh, I got really. excited. I was really excited too. I was like, "Yay!" I, Me. My sources are correct. Um, so the legend of the melon heads is something that's popped up all over the country, but this story seems to have originated in the woods of Saugatuck, Michigan. The tale begins as a group of children who were born deformed and were shipped off to the old Junction Insane Asylum where a doctor performed terrifying experiments on them, injecting their brains with strange fluids. Eventually, with word spreading that the doors of the asylum would be shut permanently, the kids attacked the scientist, escaping the hospital with his body and fleeing into the woods. They ended up feasting on his flesh and scattering his bones around a deserted mansion tucked away in the forest known today as uh, known to this day as Felt Mansion. So that is the legend of Melonheads. Okay. But the real story is just as fucked up, but <laughs> not quite as like they <laughs> ate him and right. the scientists wahaha. <laughs> um there actually is some credence to the tale of the Melonheads though. Uh, the children were real. Uh, they did reside at the asylum, but they were born with hydrocephalus, which is a condition known as water on the brain, which is which is actually an accumulation of cerebrospinal fluid, uh, which can not only cause mental disability, but can also cause like enlargement of the head. So their heads are actually large melon-shaped heads. Okay. And I can't find anywhere the date that the facility closed down, but eventually it did. And like a lot of asylums of the time, when they shut down, if the patients didn't have anyone to take care of them or any place else to go, they were a lot of the time left there. What? That happened all the time. They were just kind of They were just of like, bye, yeah. and they would sit in the room. I mean, they would be sent to local hospitals usually, but the hospitals can't keep them. Right. right. So, and if they're of age, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, then if they're, they're just on their own. Older, if there's no, if they don't have any money, their families don't claim them. Yeah. They're not going to get taken care of. So they're literally just like released. Oh my God. It's so sad. Yeah, it's very sad. So the Melon Heads ended up making Felt Mansion, which was an abandoned building built in 1928 that had been a seminary, a state police post, and eventually a school that was on the grounds of the correctional facility. So these, the, not only the Melon Heads, but the Melon Heads were part of the group of mentally disabled people that kind of started just living in this abandoned building because they didn't mm-hmm. have anywhere else to go. Since the facility shut down, there have been hundreds of reports of sightings of these melon-headed people in the woods of Michigan. And the story may seem like it's just a creepy little whatever, but it's very similar to the true super dangerous situation that Staten Island found themselves in. I don't know if you know, uh, have you guys seen Cropsy? Yes. Okay. Same thing, actually. (laughs) So behind the times. Uh, It's a documentary. In Staten Island, 
once the Seaview Hospital closed in the 70s, there was a local legend in Staten Island of the Staten Island boogeyman who would drag children through the woods to the abandoned hospital and kill them. But that legend was true. Uh, Andre Rand was one of the mentally handicapped men who lived in the woods, and he was convicted of the kidnapping and first-degree murder of uh, Jennifer Schweiger, a 12-year-old girl with Down syndrome, and suspected in the kidnapping and murder of five additional children. So this actually happened. He was convicted in the 70s, or not in the 70s. This was like, I think, he wasn't convicted till the 90s, I don't think. Um, But... Same thing happened in Staten Island, where this mental institution closed down. Uh, and Andre Rand actually wasn't even a patient there. He was like a groundskeeper or yeah, he something. He was just there. living on but the he land. He was living on the land, and they were living in like underground tunnels in Staten <sighs> Island. And they really were kidnapping kids oh and killing them and burying them in the woods. Which is just Which awful. is kind of what's happening in Michigan as well, they think. That there's like an underground group of mentally disabled potentially dangerous people living in the woods in michigan and they're just calling them the melon heads yeah they're called the melon heads because a couple of them have like very large heads heads. Uh, i doubt the melon heads are even around anymore though like alive because that disease without being able to properly drain that fluid often they they're not going to live very long sure that's true my gosh, but how terrifying. Yeah. How's a horror movie not been made on melon heads? Right? <laughs> wait, so they, if they were being left, or wait, I might be confusing the Staten Island. Is, they were, these guys were being left when the hospital shut down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, this happened, yeah, all over the country when asylums would get shut down in, you know, the 60s and 70s. I mean, they were, th- these, obviously not the asylum that you talked about. That right. seemed like a legit place. But, like, the old school asylums where it's like, we do lobotomies every day. Mm-hmm. And, like, right. we experiment on these patients because they can't tell us no. Exactly. And they're basically they're wards advantage. of the state. So they mm-hmm. could do what they want with these patients. But when they were shut down, it was like the facility was closed. And if you didn't have someone who could take care of you or claim you, you just kind of, you literally got left. Right. Not on the grounds. But a lot of these people, that's all they knew. Mm-hmm. So they would be sent to the hospital. The hospital's not going to keep them. The state's not going to pay to take care of these people. So they're released. And then they go back to the Asylum, because that's where they've lived for right. X amount of like, years. This is that's my all home. they know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they go back and they just live in the woods. Ugh. That's so sad. It's so and sad I feel like, and then terrifying. Like, when we're talking, like, melon heads, like, like you said, like, not being able to, like, drain that fluid. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. They're dangerous. It's, it's like, okay, there it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's all she wrote for you. Yeah, like, it's only going to be that. a little bit yeah, of time. Totally. With people with that, if they live into adulthood with people with that disease, apparently, um, they don't really know quite what's going on anyway. So, man, they're not sure. Yeah. So that's really sad. Yes. Um, and creepy. <laughs> so Thanks beware for that. of the melon heads of Michigan. Beware of those melon heads. So another one I have is the Michigan Dog Man. Have you heard of the Dog Man? I have not. But what? Please okay. tell me about it. So him. this is crazy. I'm excited um, and nervous. The Michigan Dog Man is a creature that was first officially reported in 1887 in Wexford County. Um, hold on. Thank you so much. Oh. The creature is described as a seven-foot-tall, blue-eyed, bipedal, canine-like animal with a torso of a man and a fearsome mm-hmm. howl that sounds like a human scream. No. 
<laughs> According to the legend, the Dogman appears in a 10-year cycle. Sightings have been reported in several locations throughout Michigan, primarily in the Northwest. Um, it is said that the creature has been stalking the area around the Manistee River? Manistee? Does that okay. mean anything to you? Does that okay, mean anything to you? Since the days uh, when the Ottawa tribes lived there. The Ottawa, like most Native American tribes, believed in the mythos of skinwalkers, which are basically like not witches, but the same idea of yeah. a witch in Native American tribes. They're basically like a witch who has the ability to turn into an animal or disguise themselves as an animal, usually for the purpose of harming others. When speaking to the elder of an Ottawa uh, Chippewa tribe, he stated that he felt the dogman was a shape-shifting skinwalker who became stuck somewhere between their human and animal forms. The Ho-Chunk Native American tribes also believed in half-human, half-animal beings that were spirit creatures from another place that assume a physical form while they are in our realm, much like we've talked about Bigfoot mm-hmm. possibly being. But the first encounter with the Dogman occurred in 1887 when two lumberjacks saw a creature that they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. It has also been spotted many times in the Upper Peninsula by locals. Horses that had died suddenly were found nearby, surrounded by large dog tracks, but the horses weren't killed by anything. They just died. It's like they died of fright, is what they said. The horses just died. (laughs) They weren't, like, cut open. They weren't anything. And all around them were, like... Dog uh, tracks? They were dog tracks, but they were, like, five inches. Like, a five-inch, like... So very oversized. In 1937, in Paris, Michigan, a man named Robert Fortney was attacked by five wild dogs, and he said one of them walked on two legs. Uh, Reports of similar creatures came from several counties in the 50s, and again uh, around 1967. And then in the winter of 1993, a 13-year-old girl named Courtney was sneaking a smoke behind her family's home near Reed City, Michigan, and she noticed a glint of light coming through the planks of an old barn. After watching for a few minutes, she realized a six-foot-tall creature with the head of a dog was staring right at her before it ran away, and she ran inside. Later, she spoke with a neighbor who claimed to have seen a buffalo-sized dog in the same barn. Oh, my God. Then a fireman uh, in 2009. No! Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's still there. I want it to be gone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In 2009, reported seeing a gorilla-shaped creature with a canine head race over 100 feet into a wooded area in a period of three or four seconds, and that it alternated from running on two legs to four. God help the outcast. Oh my god. Um, So this is where it gets interesting, actually. Uh, A Wisconsin... Yeah, this is where it gets interesting. (laughs) That was boring. Uh, A Wisconsin-based author and investigator named Linda Godfrey has been looking into the existence of the dogmen since 1991. She just calls them upright canines and believes that they are some kind of rare, indigenous, adapted canine species... A wolf-dog hybrid that is fully canine, not half-human, half-dog, and that occasionally walks on its hind legs and uses its forelimbs to carry food sources. And that's why it can walk on its hind legs. She claims she now has over 20 years' worth of reports of these creatures coming from all over Michigan. Uh, And something that's interesting to note, she's also written books and investigated the Beast of Bray Road in Wisconsin, which is right across Lake Michigan uh, from Michigan, a creature that is labeled as a werewolf. It's described as a seven-foot-tall wolf-like creature who is known to walk on his hind legs. 
Similar sightings have been reported in northern Illinois. Illinois. I always do that Dairy. when I'm reading. The thing is, when I'm reading, I Dairy. always say Illinois. Are you even from um, that state? I lied to you all this time. Uh, similar sightings have been reported in northern Illinois and Indiana. All different names for the creature. Uh, the Wolfman of Illinois, Indiana Werewolf, all bearing the same description. Creepy. And if you look at a map, there's Michigan. Then there's Lake Michigan, then there's Wisconsin, and directly below Wisconsin is Illinois, mm-hmm. and directly below Michigan is Indiana. Is Indiana. So it's almost like there's just some sort of like wolf dog crazy walking on hind leg creature running around. I think in the woods around Lake Michigan. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, is that, that would it just make sense. inhabits that area. But the, I mean, Ew. there's so many sightings of these things. Um, there's it. several blurry pictures and videos, uh, captured online, although there was one incredible video that I found and I was so excited, but it turns out it was a hoax Damn it. perpetrated by Monster Quest on the History Channel, what? which made me really sad. They should be better than that. Yeah. <laughs> here with your hoax. So that was kind of shitty, but she has confirmed six inch paw print tracks as well. Um, Woo, like, dog. That they've done casts of. So whatever, there is absolutely some big ass fucking dog. Uh, whether or not it walks on hind legs as a six foot tall, I don't know, but sure. something's out there. I mean, that's I to me that's like very possible. And yeah. just earlier when you were like, you haven't heard of this. The reason I haven't heard of this is because my family knows better. Because now, anytime <laughs> I'm in Michigan, I am for sure going to text both of you because I will have seen this crazy ass creature roaming right. around. So that's probably why I never heard of it because they were like keeping me in the dark. Yeah. But also, like so. Like I said, I'm from the suburbs of Detroit, but if you go just a little bit, you know, north of us, it it gets very, like, farmy and, like, mm-hmm. rural, so the idea of, like, going, like, up to the northwest, like, that's all woods up there and, like, yeah. little, yeah. little tiny towns, like, so I feel like this absolutely is yeah, probably it makes a sense. thing. Like, yeah. that, that would, and, and, I mean, not that I'm, like an expert on, like, different animals. But, like, if that species, like, that seems like a totally possible place for them to survive. Yeah. Like, they're not around people. Like, mm-hmm. yes, there's, they're like, sightings the of them. But, like, if in their everyday life, they're probably not, wouldn't have to worry about interacting with too many people. Mm-hmm. So many trees get so cold up there. Right. Like, it's fur will keep it warm. Yeah. This- it gets similar to Bigfoot. Like, Bigfoot uh-huh. has those rare sightings, but it's also... Like, always around wooded areas and these places where it can escape away from people. It sounds like a very similar I was just thinking it's interesting when there are uh, Native American legends of these creatures Mm -hmm. and then modern sightings of those creatures. Right. You know what I mean? Like the Thunderbird. Mm -hmm. Like, the Thunderbird was, I mean, there's paintings of this giant bird all over Illinois, Arkansas, like all over Wisconsin. And then it's sighted in those same areas. And then it's sighted in those same areas. And it's like, maybe they really did see something. Maybe they were more abundant back then. Maybe they're extinct now or going extinct now. Yeah, 100%. Um, Which leads me to my last monster, Pressy. Guess what that is? A rock that crushes you. Uh, wait, it's rhyming no. with Nessie. It certainly is so rhyming with it's Nessie. It's similar to the Loch Ness Monster, yes, but I it's a princess. Ooh. Cute. Oh, I had one of those when I was a kid. Oh. I, had, I had a pressy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I 
in my notes it says why do all lake monsters go by essie Uh, (laughs) this monster is named after the presque isle river Ah. uh, which is where one of the best like sightings of the monster occurred but it's like it's like nessie happened and now every lake monster is messy something it's adorable it is kind of adorable i'm not gonna lie to you so First of all, it, Lake Superior is kind of where it resides. Okay. Uh, lake Superior is a, is a freshwater lake. It's almost 1,500 feet deep in places and is 30, 350 miles long. I'm going to start that over because I didn't say <laughs> one single number correctly. <laughs> lake Superior is a freshwater lake. It's almost 1,500 feet deep in places. <laughs> it is... 350 miles long and up to 160 miles wide in some parts. It's almost like an inland sea. And it is said to house a lake serpent named Pressy. Uh, the native indigenous people called the serpent Mishipishu. Oh. Mishipishu. And it is seen in pictographs at various shoreline sites. Modern sightings claim it's a serpent-like creature up to 75 feet long with a horse-like head on a longish neck and a whale-type tail, dark green or black in color. The reported sightings go back centuries. For example, in September 1894, the crews of two steamers observed a strange creature undulating along its back protruding six to eight feet out of the water. So, holy buckets. That is a big... (laughs) Big snake. That's awful. In 1895, three members of a steamer crew observed a hideous creature that seemed at times to be deliberately pacing their ship. They claimed it had a 15-foot neck and a jaw that was a foot wide. Oh, God. 1897, a Detroit man fell overboard when his yacht struck a rock. (laughs) He was attacked by a huge serpent, which he said had tried to constrict him in a manner of a large snake, and his three shipmates also saw the animal. Oh, my. In the 1930s, a serpent swimming along at almost nine miles per hour was observed by two fishermen at Pictured Rocks, Munising, Michigan. Uh, The animal created a a strong wake as it passed. And then in the 60s, a family watched a huge animal, uh, alternately showing humps and stretching out straight, swim upriver past the north coast of Sugar Island. Neither head nor tail was visible, and they said it looked like a log when it stretched out straight. My, oh my. One great photograph was taken in 1977 by a hiker named Randy Braun. He said it undulated in the water like a serpent, and the snapshot he took shows a blurry object in the water that indicates a serpent-like creature with a horse-like head. Oh. Uh, And I'll show you that picture. Again in 1981, in Munising, four children and teenagers observed a serpent showing three to five humps rising one to two feet out of the water, and it came within 20 yards of the private beach. So, no thank you. Um, (laughs) And then again in the 90s, a fisherman watched in horror as a large aquatic animal pulled a wading deer under, leaving only its severed head near uh, Point Iroquois, Michigan. Nope. And then in 2010, <gasps> Ashley, a recreational nothing fisherman, in Michigan yeah, <laughs> a recreational fisherman observed a large something bite a buck deer damn near in half. Those were his words. Uh, while it was wading in the water, other animals have washed up and been found near the waters of Lake Superior with bite marks in their sides. Uh, furthermore, people disappear near Presque Isle River and are never found. It's attributed greatly to the undertow, but could it be pressy? pressy. 
Oh my goodness. Wait, so that's why why water sucks. I yeah, hate water. Yeah, don't creatures. Go to water. That one good. guy who was like coiled in him was just like it's Joe. Oh, oh my god. my god. I literally thought Pressy the sea bitch was in this apartment ready to kill us all. Oh my god, that was mortifying. I wish you could see the terror that just happened in my face. I was so scared. Joe's That's slamming so doors in the back of this apartment. I will tell you though that yesterday when I was doing research. Okay, so here's a very, very close up of the head of this thing. Oh my. See? I can't even fully tell what's happening, but it looks wide. That's yeah, the eye, it looks right? like a horse's head, like in the water. Oh, is that the, the eye head? right that's there? That's the eye. Okay, I think. then I see you. And this is the mouth. It yeah, is horse like. It's just its head. Creepy. Um, and then, so this is like a further picture of its head pop- popping out. But that's a big ass fucking head. No, it is a right. way too big head. Way too big head. Goodbye, Pressy. So yesterday I was doing all this research and I've got a couple other tiny little tidbits on weird Michigan stuff before we wrap up. But I was doing all this research on Michigan and I got a call from a Michigan number as I was doing my research. And I didn't answer it. And it went to voicemail and I got a voicemail and the voicemail was just like silence, a little bit of static and then like beep to beep Beep, beep, beep. And then it cut off. An alien clearly contacted I don't know. You. Well, I'm not sure now... how much I want to be a part of this anymore, so I'm going to get out of here. <laughs> You're scaring the, the shit out of my The voicemail is also, like, not there anymore. Yeah, the voicemail Because I got, this morning, I went to, like, See you guys. to let Joe listen to it. And I even posted around it on Facebook yesterday, because I yep. was like, this is fucking weird. I went to pull it up so Joe could listen to it, because I'd be like, have you ever heard anything like this before? Uh, it's not on my phone. And I know I wouldn't delete it because I right. would have wanted you to hear yeah, it like immediately. Exactly. So anyway, I wanted to weird. hear it. That is so weird. Wait, um, I have some UFO sighting things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that just reminded me because it sounds like the aliens are contacting you they from Michigan. They fucking might be. March 8th, 1994, over 60 people reported a UFO sighting Ooh. in Michigan. People claimed it looked like Christmas lights moving in a frenetic fashion in the sky, and it is still to this day one of the biggest mysteries to come out of Michigan, and researchers and scientists and the National Weather Service, everyone, they're still scratching their heads on it. They have no idea what has happened because after the pictures and the video and all the studies were done, they completely ruled out that it was a blimp, a plane, some gas in the air, some sort of storm. It wasn't a military aircraft. It wasn't a satellite, and it was not a shooting star. There is no explanation for it. People were calling 911 like crazy. The National Weather Service was even calling the police saying, like, this is not a storm. This is crazy. What? And no one to this day knows what it what was. What year was that again? 1994. That was recent. Yeah. I wonder if so, there's any video of it anywhere. I'm sure. I'm sure you can look it online. I, like, just pulled that for basic sure. I'm headline. Look that. And then also a report that came out in 2015 claims that Michigan ranked ninth in the U.S. for most UFO sightings between 2001 and 2015. Oh, Jesus. Ninth in the country. I, I think just, uh, California took that over in 2016. I think we they did. We talked about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, can't you just see it? Like this one little state that looks like a hand <laughs> surrounded by water, like... Aliens are probably like, let's take this one. It's it'll the high it'll five. be fine. America's it's... high five state. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want. That's it's yeah. like they're, a hand like welcoming like, them. Welcome, like, like, hi, come pick here. us, pick us. So additional weird Michigan facts. You've got Harry Houdini's death. Harry Houdini died in Detroit on Halloween night. 
Of course. Uh, in 1926. Goodness. Uh, his appendix ruptured after several blows to the stomach. Do you know about that? No. So basically these guys came to his dressing room after a show and were like, is it true that we can hit you in the stomach as hard as we can? You'll be fine. And Harry Houdini was like, yeah, let me like get prepared. And I guess he wasn't prepared enough. So these guys punched him in the stomach really hard several times. Oh, shit. And he was in so much pain and his... Temperature kept rising, 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 rising. He ended up, his last show, he had like 104 degree temperature. He was trying to like do this show and eventually he was like, I can't. And he actually, the doctor said, we have to remove your appendix. And he was like, no. And it ended up rupturing and he died on Halloween night. So there's seances every year in Detroit for uh, Harry Houdini on Halloween night. Ooh, that's really cool. cool. And there's also the singing sands. There's a sand, the sand on a beach uh, on Lake Superior are known to sing, and it's believed that it's a voice of a Native American woman. It's more like squeaking sand. Well, I took so voice lessons singing. with her every summer, so, <laughs> so it's, she's I a really to the good beach, teacher. She taught me how to sing. <laughs> taught me everything um, I know. It's interesting because it's not 100% understood as to why it happens, oh. but as far as I can find online, this is the only beach on this side of the world that has the singing sand. Uh, but basically, when you walk on the sand or move the sand around like with your hands, it produces like a sound. It's like, war, war, war. It's fucking That's weird. That's real cool, though. It's weird. Um, I wonder what that phenomenon is. Apparently, a lot of beaches in the British Isles have singing sand and some dunes in the Sahara as well. They think it has something to do with the shape of the individual pieces of sand or the amount of salt on the sand, but no one can figure it out. Interesting. Like, why? But it's weird. There's videos. You can actually YouTube of them like, war, war. <laughs> Or, like, Weird. Yeah, it's fucking strange. Hey, Michigan. Uh, so we have Jimmy Hoffa. He's probably buried in Michigan somewhere, but we don't know where. Isn't it in the river? Or That's what I would think. I like, think why would you bury it? Anyways. Um, Pressy came also, and ate him. Pressy, Pressy ate probably ate uh, Jimmy Hoffa. And then <laughs> finally... Uh, my favorite thing, because I didn't know about this. Did you know there's a hell, Michigan? I did. <laughs> oh, my God. So not only hell, is there Michigan. a small town in Michigan called Hell, it's like my dream. There's a store called Screams that celebrates Halloween all year round where you can buy shirts that say things like, go to hell. It's actually quite nice. Aww. And like, been to hell and back, hell, Michigan. So um, fun. There's a diner called the Hell Hole. Genius. <laughs> Uh, there's a crematory, which is an ice cream parlor, apparently. I don't know why they call it a crematory. Uh, it's called, oh, that's why. It's Crematory of Screams is nice. what it's called. And if you eat an entire gravedigger Sunday, they will sign and seal a death cer- certificate for you. Uh, I want to go here. And then. Excuse me? This sounds great. There is a oh, damnation. <laughs> there's a damnation university. And you can even visit the official hell post office where they singe every piece of mail. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's very cool. Um, and then uh, you have the opportunity to serve as mayor of hell for one day. All you have to do is sign up online. And you could be like the official mayor of hell for a day. I mean, I'm just going to throw it out there to all the listeners. I think we need to send these guys to hell, Michigan, so that <laughs> yes. they can be the yes. mayors. 
of the town for oh the my day. God, can you Ooh, imagine? Dreams. That would be the best Teamwork. field trip of all is to Hell, Michigan. So help us out, everyone. Yeah, they've really just taken it in. There's, <laughs> a, there's like a Hell, California, too, and there's a Hell, other place, but like Hell, Michigan is like, there's a devil like on their like <laughs> billboard, <laughs> like when you come in and they and everything is just like, go to Hell. They're doing it's it great. Right. Yeah. If you, yeah, if you're going to have a town named Hell, you better make some. Yeah, you better make it fire and brimstone. I mean, I feel like Michigan. Michigan's a pretty conservative place, at least in my experience. So the idea that they That's have like a you. devil like yeah. waving is like, where are you at, Michigan? Who are you? <laughs> Um, they dare to be different. Dare to be different. So that's all the time we have, really, this week for Keep It Weird. Uh, before we go, we need to thank Mike for being here today. Thanks for having hey, me, thank guys. You. Thank you, Do you Mike. have anything you want to plug? Or, like, do you have any projects you want to plug? Or do you, like, want to give your Instagram handle? You do not have to unless you, like, really want to. <laughs> I mean, if you guys want to hang out with me, you can follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I'm at m.j, m-d-o-t-j. Um, and I'd love to hang out with you there. Yeah. And, unless you're the police complaining that, <laughs> yeah, I, that I misinformed America <laughs> of your investigation. Nah, you're fine. <laughs> no, uh, Mike has a really funny Instagram, actually. Didn't you run into Titus Andronicus the other day? Is that his name? Andromedon. Andromedon. I That's his character. <laughs> Titus Andromedon. But Titus Burgess did say hello to me. He said, hi, Mike. Bye, Mike. Hi, uh, Mike. My friend's bye, shooting Mike. a movie with him right now in New York. And so she was like, it's my friend's birthday. Say hi to him. And he was like, hi, Mike. Bye, Mike. Super sassy. And it was wonderful. It was, it was wonderful. wonderful. I'm a big Titus fan. <laughs> yeah. Your Instagram's Titus, fun. tweet me or something if hey, you want to like, be my friend. <laughs> um... All right, so join us next week when we sit down for Aliens Part 2. Handsome Joe will be joining us again, and we've got a lot of alien UFO conspiracy theories to continue to chat about. Uh, Uh If you haven't listened to the first one, it's actually Episode 2. Go back and give it a listen. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Keep It Weird Cast and our Facebook page, Keep It Weird. Check out our Patreon page to find out how you can donate money to our show and get some perks. Behind-the-scenes pictures and videos, a weekly newsletter with sources from each episode, our flick of the week and more, and even a bonus live episode every month. Mike, what's our sign-off this week? I think I know what it should be. Oh. Not Heil Hitler. No. (laughs) America's High High Five State. State. Yeah. (laughs) We could do better than that. Michigan. America's High Five State. Wait, hold on. Oh. And oh, hey, hey, keep it See you in hell. Keep See you in hell. <laughs> <laughs>